That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, halflings! It's me, Liv Kennedy, and I am joined today by... Jeremy Cobb. But our guest today calls me <laughs> Darth Liv. I don't know what it means. Not Darth. Dearth, D E A R T H, look as in a lack of something. Oh, okay. I, uh, I, I so I'm. I guess in this like, context, don't know, I'm, don't know what it is. Oh, I, well, in this case, I would be a lack of live. I guess I'm not live, so therefore I theoretically have a dearth of <laughs> therefore live. Therefore, I am. Okay, sure. I mean, like, I mean, does that mean what? What am I then? As oh, just live or like more than that? You're, less? you're, yeah, you're live. I mean, cool. theoretically, you could be dearth Jeremy. I guess so. Jeremy, it is. Oh my god, kind of a nickname by proxy. Nice. Um, but Jeremy, it's not just us here today. Oh no. It's true. The, the aforementioned guest is here. Uh, we are joined today by entertainment journalist and my daddy, Lynn Codega. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. Lands in the cusp of a teaspoon. Oh, no. On a nat 20. No. You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. We're about to get into something real big now. And I want to be very clear if they specifically said Hello? daddy. Specifically Hello. Hello. Oh my is god. Hello. Hello. Yes. Can hey, I daddy. come in? Yes, Please. of course. Oh, come in. Hello. Come in, Daddy. Thank you. Guys I really so thought, much. Lynn, I thought you were gonna be like, Are you winning, son? Like I thought that's the vibe you wanna <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> really brilliant. And of course no. I'm just not quick enough on my feet to think no, that funny. No, not a sadly. Well. Retake it, retake it, redo the intro, redo the oh, intro. God. Ah. <laughs> How you doing, son? You got any <laughs> drugs in here? <laughs> uh, oh my god, I'm the I'd guys be like, that you yeah. would want, Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> the guys that you would want. I'll skip over the uh, masturbation joke, but like, know what's in there, please. Yeah, okay. You can uh, think about in it. In a hearts, we know. In a heart mm, pots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, deep down, I'm laughing very hard at a masturbation joke that you also made. <laughs> That's Wonderful. always the case. <laughs> I mean, this is theater of the mind, right? What is this if not mm. imagination and like thinking ourselves funny all the time? You're exactly. So right. Exactly. Don't dream it, be it. Or rather, don't be it, dream it. Uh, so, Lynn. Hi. Can you please give us your nerdy origin story? Yeah. How how did you get into this life? Did the nerd life choose you? <laughs> no. Sad, sadly, I was uh, born into the nerd life. Um, my father and my mother are both nerds, just in general. Um, I'm so my, sorry. Oh no, it's okay. My father, especially <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Uh, that's oh, no. that's your father's the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> My father's a Lord of the Rings fan. Sadly, he's okay. not uh, the unseeing eye of Sauron. Mm-hmm. But probably, <laughs> that was probably better for my childhood. But mm. who's to say? Um, yeah, so I grew up in a family that just like really loved reading and science fiction and fantasy. We watched Star Wars together. We watched a little bit of like 
Star Trek and like all the other things that kind of come along with that. Um, my father specifically, he read the Lord of the Rings to me as like a baby, as sort of like my Whoa. nighttime stories. That's fun. <laughs> so, by the time I was like five or seven or something, I think we had gone through the whole series, including The Hobbit, twice. That's so wow. cool. Yeah, so I didn't really have a choice in the matter. Like I was going yeah. to be, <laughs> I was going to be a nerd. Um, it's like they put it into your milk. Like it's a little bit. You mm-hmm. can't escape it. Like now nah, yeah. you're going to enjoy this. A yeah. little Tolkien in my Ovaltine. It really did. <laughs> could not get it away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's sort of like where the origin story really starts. And then I think it was catalyzed in 1999 when I was Ooh. nine years old. And I went into the theaters and I saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon with my father. Oh, yeah. I don't know why yeah. he thought that taking a, you know, fourth grader <laughs> to go see Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was a good idea. But he said, uh, I really enjoyed it. And we went a second time. Oh, cute. <laughs> I mean, if, if it's any consolation, my dad showed me Terminator when I was eight. <laughs> Uh, he forgot mm. that it was as violent as it was <laughs> and also that there was a sex scene. Uh, oh, he, it, so, yeah, but I thought it was great. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I did. cared much about yeah. the sex scene. I just really enjoyed the violence. Yeah. Oh, part. good. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. I bet your dad was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, that happened. And then in 2000, uh, what was the movie that came out? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings came out. Yeah. So it yeah, was 2001, like, I think. Yeah, 2000, 2001. And I think it came out like another. But yeah, so it was basically that like one, two combo when I was like nine, 10 years old that really like f- those formative years where it was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Lord of the mm-hmm. Rings. Um, and that was the time that I w- became like this huge bookworm because my mother mm-hmm. was in the military. So I moved around a lot. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just like fantasy books were like a, a huge escape for me. Mm-hmm. And the Tamora Pierce books were really like that's what I latched on to very, very heavily. Uh-huh. Mm. So I that there it is. Those are the, like yeah. the nerdy origin stories, and I've just been getting nerdier every year. Nice. Yeah. I have a line. slight I, I have a slight diversion about Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Because I also think that movie rules. It slaps. But when I was reading about it, apparently it's not that because I read about it like way, way long ago. I remember reading that. And if there are any like Chinese fans out there who who can corroborate this or or say that I'm wrong, I've heard that it's not that it was not very well received in oh, China really. because I think the actors had like really strong Cantonese accents. And apparently the action wasn't really that impressive compared to the other kinds of movies in that genre that already existed. Mm. It's just that because it happened to get marketed a lot in the West and we hadn't really seen very many movies like that, we were like, whoa. And also <laughs> we couldn't hear, because uh, apparently like there were, for native speakers, apparently it was difficult to understand what they were saying because oh, they had yeah. such strong accents. I don't I don't know if all if the details of that are correct, but I remember there being controversy over either them speaking Cantonese or them being Cantonese and not, I don't remember which one it was, but it was like, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing how like a piece of media was such a huge hit in one hemisphere of the world, but in its home hemisphere, people were kind of like, I mean, do you guys remember that movie Great Wall with Matt Damon? Yes. (laughs) I thought I'd seen a lot of films, but it turns out I've seen like shit all. Uh, But yes. That (laughs) movie did gangbusters in China and everyone in America cried, cried identity politics over it. And I'm like, 
The Chinese Ooh. fucking love this film. I don't know why we're being so weird about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should all chill the fuck out. They asked him to be in the movie. Like, I know. I feel like it's, it's not like that was a role that would have gone to it. Okay. I think this is this harkens back to what when they did the uh, Ghost in the Shell adaptation. Yes. That, oh, that was people bad. who were upset about Ghost in the Shell were uh, Asian Americans primarily and, and Asian Westerners who were like, hey, that could have been one of us. Mm-hmm. People in Asia were like, we don't really care. Sure. <laughs> but in but nobody was gonna get like they were gonna draft like a Chinese American to star instead of Matt Damon in the Great Wall. And I feel like that's where we run into it's like a different it's not really the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Especially because like Great Wall is like an original weird piece of fantasy bullshit. And mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell is like just kind of this iconic Japanese anime, like the, the miles, like miles apart. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. really, like, uh, yes, nuance. We would love it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Where do we find it? Um, Lane, can I ask? So I've I've heard people mention like being like growing up with like a parent who's in the military, and I think it's kind of fascinating. Like what? was that like for you like was it like did you find it exciting to travel around a bunch or was it just like I would love to just be able to sit down and stay here for a bit (laughs) yeah it was really difficult um because Mm. by the time I reached ninth grade so like high school in America Mm. uh I had been to 10 different schools wow okay yeah and a lot of that yeah and like even for a military family very intense Mm. uh and a lot of that was because uh, my mother was um, an officer, so she would get reassigned pretty frequently because she just had like she was she graduated from MIT with like a master's degree, like she had a really high level of expertise. Wow, um, very cool. So she would be called to go different places a lot. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it was really hard. Uh, I made a lot of friends very easily, but also like don't keep in touch with literally anyone before mm. ninth grade. Um, yeah. But luckily, my my mother retired after 26 years in the military, and she was like, I want to make sure that my children, like, stay in a school for all their high school years. Oh. So, yeah, and I think that she was getting sick of a lot of things about the military, too. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I was... Like, like, what was it like making those connections, like, finally in high school? Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, I still keep in touch with, like, high school friends. Um and I still, like, think very fondly of, like, my high school experience. Like, I certainly don't think it was, like, best years of my life. But mm. uh, very, very grateful I sort of had the high school experience I did, which is in, like, rural Virginia, which is Whoa. an experience. Uh, definitely, <laughs> like, got a real hick accent that was then beaten out of me in college. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was great. Like, rural Virginia, a very kind of like exactly what you think about when you think rural Virginia, except it was very, um, it was actually like we had a high uh, racial mix because Mm. we lived really close to Norfolk and we lived really close Mm. to like boat yards and shipyards and packing plants. So it was a very much like a factory town. Okay. Mm. Um, Which was really great. And I'm so grateful that like I grew up in like rural Virginia where it was like not Mm -hmm. just all white people. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really wonderful. (laughs) Really, really wonderful. Yeah. I have two questions about that. Yes. The first of which is, did you find that when you, uh, did you find that like moving so often made it harder to have a strong social base, like in order to make friends? Or did you get really good at making friends? That's the first question. I got really good at making friends. 
Oh, you got really good at making friends. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, then the second question is, did they teach you guys the Lost Cause mythology? I'm really curious about this. Absolutely. I When I lived in Memphis, because I lived in Memphis for a couple years, and Memphis, as you guys probably both know, has like a a majority black population and Mm -hmm. is very much like a very Southern city, you know, Graceland Mm -hmm. is there. Uh, There's just like Mm -hmm. the the Beale street is there. There's a really intense culture in Memphis. Um, And my textbook said that it was uh, that the civil war was a draw. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) No, no, no. It was so bad. And I was like, And I, I was really lucky. Both my parents are like very, um, my father's been a died of the wool Democrat for years. My mother mm-hmm. has stopped voting Republican. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She stopped, uh, I think around Obama. She was like, actually, this okay. guy's not bad. I'm like, <laughs> I think it was like, I think it was like when uh, Sarah Palin got tapped to be vice president like the vice presidential Ooh, candidate yeah. and she was like i can't i can't do this anymore i can't stick around for this um, <laughs> Even i have my limits <laughs> yeah yeah so she mm-hmm. she has been like back and forth republican and democrat for a while and now that like i'm out as trans and mm. um a couple other factors she's no longer voting Republican. But the point is that uh, my parents saw that and they were like, okay, we're going to tell you, (laughs) we're going to tell you the truth because this is wrong. And they were like, yeah, like they signed an armistice deal. I was like, oh, interesting. Oh boy. So while I might not. (laughs) Never mind that it was because they were surrounded. Like we, we need to sign the deal because our army is surrounded. We're out of supplies. Right. Uh, Like So so Um, I can confirm that there was like that. Yeah, so I can confirm that there was that uh, mm-hmm. bad, bad. Yeah. Luckily, uh, did not last very long, and I knew better. Okay, yeah. that's good. <laughs> I was just going to ask you both to clarify because I'm assuming that this is about like the incorrect things that was were being taught about the Civil War in the South. Uh, but for people who don't know, do you want to like explain a little little bit mm-hmm. more? Like UK. Uh, would you rather I explain it, Lynn, or would you rather explain? It? I can. I could explain a little bit of it. Uh, the lost cause is the idea that the South um, and the Southern states uh, did not lose the Civil War to the extent mm-hmm. that they did, or uh, is a reinterpretation of the events of the Civil War, whether that's about the causes or about its ending or about the viewpoints of the people involved. So mm. it really is just a very like alternate history retelling history. Yeah. Because okay. it's, it was about slavery and people are just yeah. like, but what if it wasn't? And it's like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> what if it wasn't yeah. about slavery? And we're all just like, mm. Oh, so it's fanfic. Wow. That's so crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's, it's fanfic uh, written like that came into practice in the post civil war era when mm-hmm. Confederates, were, and I do kind of understand this point of view. Like, if you genuinely believed in what you were fighting for, and then you lost, and then you went back, and your whole country had been burned down, and your your family is like miserable, and and obviously most of the people who were fighting weren't even rich, but it's like so they were upset. They were very very butthurt, and mm-hmm. and there was a concentrated effort after the Civil War to reeducate people and basically spin the whole thing to say that it wasn't really about slavery. Yeah. Or slaves actually liked being slave, like what. Exactly, yeah, what said. and it's in the and it remains in the education system today. Yes, like, in I a just, lot of places. At, at the very least, like twenty years ago, 
uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think another Ooh. another big part of that is the fact that like the the northern states didn't do a lot to repatriate the south mm, or yeah. help integrate um, uh, newly slaves. newly freed mm. formerly uh, enslaved people into the fabric of the culture, the fabric of the society. So the basic underpinnings have sort of always remained in the south. So there's mm. still a state of like carceral slavery and still like a lot of mm-hmm. problems that have existed today because there was not that unified mm. uh, unified unification plan yeah, in yeah. place <laughs> um, and unfortunately like the south has kind of stayed poorer than mm. m- m- anywhere else in the United States and remains like a very marginalized population for mm. people for black people especially but um brown people, people of color, and mm-hmm. poor white people, incredibly um, disenfranchised in that area of the world. That That's so interesting because like that hearing that and then like thinking about what I have heard and my perception of the South in America, that like makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of pieces fit together. So thank you both. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. I really loved growing up in the South. Um, the good <laughs> thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, besides all of that, like uh, I lived in this really small town and basically, my only rule growing up was you get straight A's or you get more rules. So oh, I got straight A's <laughs> and okay. I could do whatever I wanted. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, I like, that's awesome. you know, uh, again, not a lot of trouble you can get into when there's mostly mm-hmm. just cow farms for miles. So, yes, I got very good at cow tipping. Uh, oh no! <laughs> oh like, wow! What else is a young delinquent to do? Oh, How hard so is it? How hard is it to tip a cow? So As what you have to do, what you have to do is you have to form kind of a triangle between your right. wrist, your elbow, and your shoulder, and then you just kind of like pop. You just like you just pop. pop. You just pop it. Yeah, you just sort of like <laughs> pop it against the cow's shoulder. It moves mm. really sadly. It stumbles. Oh, no. <laughs> and then it sort of back up. It gets up and like trundles off, and it looks. I think I think I the only I think in my head I had it that like they were like turtles and they just couldn't get back up so so that's good Uh, (laughs) they were very confused but yeah it's it's like getting that like triangle technique and just like you know I just like I'm demonstrating (laughs) demonstrating for Mm. the the audience unfortunately this is an audio medium and you can't really tell what I'm doing but it's just this little but their technique is impeccable yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you um, yes. I, so <laughs> there sounds like there was like, well, not much going on, but maybe a lot internally going on. Like, did you like, uh, as a queer person myself, I find it like fascinating, like the idea of not fascinating, but like kind of terrifying li- the idea of living in like the South or, or in uh, America at the time when I was growing up and being queer and like coming out. Like, what was that like for you? Like, yeah. Totally. So in high school, um, I was lucky that like one of my very good friends came out as gay uh, okay. in the like last last half of our high school career, mm. um, and it didn't bother literally it didn't bother anyone. And like what another one of my best friends came out as like bisexual a couple years later, okay. um, or like a year later, and this was a guy like literally two blocks away that we hung out all the time, like best of friends in high school. Mm. So. Luckily, there were, like, a couple people that I knew. I'm like, oh, yeah, not a big deal. Um, And, like I said, my parents are are relatively progressive people. 
I would mm. say. So they never expressed any kind of like bigotry that I could clock mm. as a kid. That's good. Yeah, my my parents like I genuinely think that like I'm one of the most well-adjusted people that I know because my parents were genuinely like on such a level. Uh, That's great. Yeah, it's bonkers. I I'm very pleased. I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. I enjoy a nice relationship with both of them. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. happy. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. I'm happy for me too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Really, I didn't quite realize I was queer until I got to college and I realized what like being queer actually was and mm. understanding it more. Um, and I got, I had like a girlfriend for a little bit in college mm. that didn't work out because it's, you know, college girlfriends. College, yeah. <laughs> college girlfriends. Um, yep. But yeah, very, very aware that I was, I identified as bisexual then, I identify as bisexual now. Mm. Um and I think when I moved to to Kingston, New York, which was where I was for about three or four years, mm. um, and my parents helped me move, that's when I like came out to them when I was like officially like not on their insurance, not getting any money from them, like fully independent. Right, right. And that's when I was like, okay, time to tell <laughs> my way. Catholic dad and my military mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that must have been terrifying. Like, it, yeah. I'm glad it turned out well, but. Yeah. Oh, it's a really cute story. Do you want to hear it? Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much we're going to talk about like uh, anything versus anything else, but I'm happy to tell the story because it's really charming. Um, yeah, Kingston has a queer center, like an LGBTQ queer center, like right on Main Street. Um, and we were, my parents had helped me move to Kingston because it was like my first big, big move with like furniture. And we were walking around and my dad looks at the sign and, and he's like, ah, they keep adding letters. I just don't understand. And I was like, oh, well, like I could tell you. And he's like, oh, I guess that makes sense. But how do we keep track of it? all? <laughs> just like very, very dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we it wasn't like mean or anything. It was just genuinely like oh, so many letters. Genuinely, genuinely yeah. perplexed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we go into a coffee shop and we're getting coffee and my mother is like waiting for our order. And it's like me and my dad at a table and I told my dad, I'm like, well, dad, you know, I identify as queer. And he's like, oh, interesting. And my mother comes up and my dad is like, Robin, did you know that Lynn identifies as Q? Oh, and my mother, and my mother is like, yes, they're very cute. Ooh. Oh, boy. That's adorable. <laughs> and then I, we had to, like, have, like, a real conversation about, like, oh, yeah, well, I've had, like, girlfriends just, and boyfriends. Just sat, sat them down, like, no, 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 no. I said no, no, no. queer. I said queer. <laughs> just make it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was fun, but they were, like, really genuinely, like, no problems with it. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, they... The and then when I came out again as like trans and not binary, mm. uh, they were both really cool about it. Um, I did some explaining and I like gave my mother a book. Uh, her mm. only worry was like, t- if you want to do medical procedures, like be really sure. And I think mm. she was just worried because like surgery mm-hmm. is dangerous, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was like the base level concern that she had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I started changing my pronouns to they, them exclusively, my mother put they, them on post-it notes and put oh. it on pictures of me that are in her little oh, condo. So nice. 
guys. So sweet. Made me like, (laughs) made me ball when I saw it the first time because it was stuff like they graduated from UVA and like they love sailing and it's just like books are their favorite thing and it's just like all over the house sweet just like a lot of people like complain about like oh it's gonna be so difficult to try and like you know change my brain to think this way it's like you can there are ways there are so many ways and that's Mm. one of them just like you have to rewire your brain sometimes but that's not a bad thing just try you know yeah (laughs) Yeah. so that was my experience uh being queer and coming out to my folks twice that's awesome yeah twice Oh I have no way to smoothly transition, but <laughs> how did you get into journalism? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, there was something about transition in there, oh, I feel like, you know. Trans. Yeah. We're going to trans yeah. the conversation. Ooh, uh, oh, there it is. Yeah. There, it is. there it is. Sick. There it yeah. is. Good for us. Yeah. We really, we really yeah. collaborated on that. This is a collaborative storytelling experience right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a collaborative interview experience. Yes. Um, how did I get started in journalism? Uh, hard to pinpoint. I wrote a couple pieces for like the UVA magazine when I was there. Um, I always knew I was I wanted to be a writer. My mm. parents like even told people what I was like in. Eighth and seventh grade, like, yeah, Linda's gonna go to school for English. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sure, why not? Like, let's do that. (laughs) That's what I did. Uh, (laughs) If it's laid out before you, why not? You know, it's like it's being written in the stars. (laughs) I mean, I I've been writing fanfics since I was like a little kid. Like, I wrote a poem Mm. about Legolas in fifth grade, and it won an award for my my school. Oh my Was gosh. it more inspired by book Legolas or movie Legolas? Fifth, fifth grade, uh, I believe this was the movie had like just come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it might have been a bit of both. Mm. Okay. I'm seeing I'm like sure. so many parallels between us, Lynn, is a thing because like you went off to Kingston, New York, uh, and your parents helped you move. My parents helped me move to Kingston, the university in London. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when I was like starting out and also when I was in when I was like like 10 or 8 or something I also won like a poetry contest and my my like uh pseudonym I guess was like Puss in Boots and like it's all it all comes around you know it's very circular yeah really is (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm just like yeah um and this is why we should be friends uh yeah no carry on (laughs) oh my god can we wow Lynn you really are good at making friends oh my god you did it Oh They've been working their magic on us this entire time. This is wild. I didn't even it's see the Riz. I'm so sorry. I oh can't my god, not the Riz. Oh. <laughs> I'm the oh. Riz Wiz. What did I tell you? Wow, Daddy. That's that's really good. That's oh. impressive. Good job, Daddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're proud of me, son. That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> sorry, carry on. <laughs> you sound like Mr. Plinkett when you do that. <laughs> I don't have very many voices. I don't know what that is. Um so One of my big failings is a DM. Um, no. Yeah, so journalism, uh, you know, I got out of college and I wanted to like sail around the world. So I worked at a boat shop for summer mm-hmm. and then I got hired as an editor at a poetry press. And then I went to a magazine where I worked as kind of like layout and also digital web publishing. So I did like a little bit of journalism while I was there. Mm-hmm. And it's writing has always been like a huge part of my life. And I've always enjoyed talking to people about things that they like, which is, you know, what we're doing right now. So you guys can relate. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and exactly. just from there, I went to, unfortunately, I took a marketing job and it's my greatest oh. shame. I wanted health insurance. I had a steady paycheck. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm, so I'm not making this job. up, but I did too. I did digital marketing. Oh! You've got to, you've got to, you've got to do that to then get into the yeah. And it's also like mm. you can maybe do some writing in the marketing job. You know it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, there was a our where I worked had a blog attached, so I did some writing for there, and I sort of like mm. really weaselled my way in. Mm. And while I was there, I was able to write a couple freelance pieces so that's like while I had like this full-time job I was able to write a couple freelance pieces I think I wrote um a really cool piece for tour about like queer play in Dungeons and Dragons that was based on like a flame con panel that I held which was really fun I've never heard of flame con flame con is the United States biggest queer comic con it's in New York City every year Okay. There's a queer Comic Con. It's called no Flame Con. It's no great. One told me. <laughs> I'll send you a link. It's wonderful. Um, it's really cool. And there's like always like there's drag shows and burlesque shows. I went one year and there was a burlesque show and someone was Howl's Moving Castle. And <gasps> this lady literally just started pulling parts of the castle off her until she was just in like, you know, whoa, like nipple, uh, yeah, nips. Pasties. pasties, yeah, pasties, and then calcifer mm-hmm. covering her coochie. It was just really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it was from the coochie. <laughs> beautiful. It was so Calcic good. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So very, very fun. So yeah, so that's, you know, uh, I think that was like 10, not quite 10 years ago. I think like seven years ago, I, I left that. I left that job and got into journalism full time. And I spent some time at like a marketing journalism place <laughs> called shots.net. We just talked about like advertising and commercials, which, you know, ad age made a whole thing of it. And that's kind of what I did. Mm-mm. And then I went to io9 um, and then I got laid off and now I'm here. And so you was- joined three black. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be it would have to be like three black halflings and the white boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and our token white introducing the white boy. Why have you done this? Why have you done? Why would you do that? <laughs> three um, black so- halflings and w- one white boy. We bring on what we need to make fun of, so fun of someone. <laughs> There you go. Actually, that should be the title of the episode. Future whoever listens to this and titles this episode. That should be it. <laughs> it's a long uh, one, but I like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, um, I Well, that remind. I, I don't know, Liv, if you want to ask this question, because you were the one who originally posed it, but you had mentioned um, the idea that TTRPG culture is often considered a queer haven. Uh, and do you want to ask it or should I continue asking this question? I mean, it's pretty, yeah, pretty much that. Just like, you know, it's it's considered a queer haven. Like for me, it was like very formative and like, you know, realizing who I was and being able to play somebody else who I was then like, ooh, is this maybe more me than I realize? You know, um, what was that like for you? Did you go through something similar? And what do you think of like queer culture in tabletop? Well, thing. I've never played a queer character before in my life. Oh, really? So That's, I <laughs> highly recommend it. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's a total lie. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I fibbed. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think. We fibbed now. We knew. Oh, like, good. <laughs> yeah, straights um, as far as the eye can see. Yes, <laughs> straight everywhere, oh, everywhere, <laughs> surrounded uh, by the heterosexuals. Um, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. So queer, I agree with you that there is something very inherently freeing about being able to play a game where you can safely explore identity within a container that is kept slightly apart from your real yeah. self. Yeah. Because whatever you do in the container of a game stays in the game and it can bleed, it can shift, there can be some like glossiness there. But ultimately, what you do in the game is not real. But yeah. what you take out of the game and what you carry with you is real. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So for me, I, I very clearly see how it is very empowering for people to be able to get this container where they are able to project hopes, dreams, fears, identity, and play with it and toy with it and experiment with it. Because I think one of the things that we really suffer from in society and culture in general is that there is not an encourage an encouragement among people to experiment with who they are. Mm. We are sort of expected to know exactly who we are, exactly what we want, exactly like yeah. what we like, exactly what our tastes are. And there's very frequently very little room to evolve or shift or learn or grow. And mm. I think that games allow a space where we can try something out and be like, oh no, not for me. Or we try something out and we're like, interesting, let me keep mm. going and see what's here. Or, you know, try something out and be like, you know, that's it actually, you know, I yeah. found it. Here mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that games provide that kind of space where we are able to be curious, not only about what other people are thinking and other people's imaginations, but about ourselves and who we are and how we identify and why doing something one way makes us feel good. And why doing something another way makes us feel bad, actually. Mm. So, yes, I have had that experience. I definitely, like, played around with he, him pronouns and they, them pronouns before finally deciding on they, them pronouns for myself. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so games, very, very important, I think, as a container for curiosity, experimentation, and projection in a very, very real, clear way. Yeah. Mm. That makes just before this, we were talking about role play forums and uh, yeah, and I'm curious because it seems like shows that have like sort of thriving fan bases, especially when it comes to like role play stuff. Because uh, the first time I ever heard of this website, Tumblr. I'm so was... sorry. Lynn is making a bunch of whittle faces and I'm like, <laughs> how dare you live? Fuck you! Let them make let my daddy make their faces. They need to make their faces, Lynn. Sorry. Let them make their faces. It was so delightful. I had to share it. Carry on making your faces. Lynn's here just screenshotting. Uh, she's gonna be like posting all these photos. Uh, the thought it was a safe space. So oh no! Sorry. No. Oh Betray no! You're right. Fuck me. You're so right. <laughs> So, um, it seems like a lot of the, the first time I ever heard of Tumblr was when a queer friend of mine mentioned that they were upset because they were having an argument with other people in their roleplay forum. And I was like, I have no idea what is happening. What are you talking about? And about the show Sherlock, specifically. About Sherlock. They were, yeah. I don't Where's know if the they X card? Were... Where is it? <laughs> no! I don't, oh, I don't no. know if they were full on Save like, super Save me, John Stravelopoulos! <laughs> 
please? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but oh, no. My question is, do you see a parallel there with queer culture and that form of, like, that style of role play? And as well as, like, the same thing with Baldur's Gate 3. I've noticed uh, the, most of the, the remaining fandom of that game seems to be, or the enduring fandom seems to be composed of queer people, or at least very queer-friendly people. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious if you think that there's a connection there with uh, experimentation with identity and testing out who you really are and what you like. And then those kinds of uh, forums, uh, whether it be just a, a, a meme posting page or a full on role play forum. I thought you were about to ask me if I'd ever like role played Sherlock on Tumblr. I would have had to answer yes. I, I was gonna, honestly. Uh, uh, well, uh, answer that one first. Is, <laughs> I know the answer. The answer is I know the answer. Yes. <laughs> The answer is into yes. That, into that John Locke life? Is that, is that what you were you doing? <laughs> I was not really very into John Locke. I was much more like a Moriarty stan. I knew yeah, it! Yeah, I that makes sense. I got yeah. the vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> we are not going to go into that right now. Fine. We can't. Fine. <laughs> Just know I was forged in the fires of Super Hulak. And I remember <laughs> no. I am more stronger oh than you God. could ever imagine. <laughs> It was a battlefield out there. Oh, wow. You, you were in the trenches as well. I'm truly so God's have, strongest soldier. This is only <laughs> tangentially related, but have you ever seen Andrew Scott's Hamlet? No, but I've seen a bunch of other stuff he's in. But I okay. should I should get Hamlet. He's he's Hamlet. He's like actually. Yeah, he plays Hamlet. In he's it. Hamlet. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. He's great. <sighs> I love mm, that. He's very, boy. very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love they also so do what I think you should usually do with Shakespearean plays that have soliloquies. He talks directly to the audience, which I, it's what they were supposed to do. It's what they was written for. It's yeah, kind of weird what, if they don't. It's a <laughs> soliloquizing. You soliloquize to, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. A lot of like American productions, and I think modern productions will often just have them say it as if they're musing to themselves mm. instead of like having it be a conversation. That's what they did in the, uh, the most recent Othello, musing mm. to themselves, mm-hmm. which mm. it was brilliant. It was but yeah, I agree. Um, but going back to forums, I think that yes. forums emerged as a new kind of role playing, um, because specifically because not only were contemporary groups like primarily male, primarily like white, cis, straight mm-hmm. male, like not really very welcoming spaces for people who identify as queer or not cis men. <laughs> just or even like people of color like just anyone who's marginalized and like isn't in that kind of uh homogenous space would maybe be intimidated or like even unwanted in those game groups um but yeah forum role-playing really started in the 90s which i'm really like genuinely Yes. So the thing is, okay, gosh, here's some tea that I were you there when the one ring was forged? I was maybe. Um, no, <laughs> I was not. I was not there when the one ring was forged. Um, and I was not there when the dark magic was spoken. However, mm-hmm. um, White Wolf had forums. Mm-hmm. And pretty quickly, when White Wolf like first started the forums in the mid-90s, they did not want people role-playing on forums and using their rules online. So forum role-playing had to go underground. Mm-hmm. And it went underground in tandem with the Anne Rice fandom. 
So the oh. Anne Rice fandom basically mm-hmm. took the rules of Vampire the Masquerade and started role-playing no. in, like, in like two or three levels deep in forums that you had to get to like by giving each other like secret passcodes. Oh my god, yes. And like circulating uh, emails on listservs because Anne Rice became litigious in the year 2000. Yeah, yeah. So – even role playing as these characters using another game's rules became really, really verboten and had to go mm-hmm. underground like two or three levels that you had to, you know, dig. She would reach. find you. If she got a whiff of it, she'd find you. <laughs> so, yeah. And so I did this like huge deep dive into like Anne Rice and those letters and sort of found this thread where someone was talking about how they were on like white wolf role playing forums, but they like had to go through a Jim Carrey fan club to get there. Whoa. I know. So I think that like, there's always been that kind of like subversive nature to role playing game forums, especially online. And I think that with a lot of the hosting sites that popped up, it became easier and easier and more and more comfortable for people to be on these forums and get like really specific. Um, So yeah, so I was on a bunch of the forums when I was younger and like even through, even through college, I think, I think I only stopped forum role playing. Yeah. Maybe like eight or 10 years ago. And that's primarily because I was able to find, after that, I was able to find like more in-person groups and more like small community-based groups where it was like, oh yeah, you're in a Slack channel together, your friends on social media, your friends on Discord. Mm -hmm. And I found game groups that way, which I found like more rewarding. Mm. But yeah. I think it's it's so fascinating, like the pipeline of like so many people who have been on this podcast and we've spoken about like how did you get into like role-playing and stuff and it's like oh well through like role-playing online like Mm -hmm. it's I think uh, we went through well I certainly went through like a time in my life where I was so socially anxious and so but still craved like that kind of connection like so much and so like when I was able to like turn to like like um like a fandom group like on a role playing channel it's like I don't have to be myself particularly for so, like some of it but also I can make some connections um yeah, yeah it's it's it was really nice experience. there are still uh, friends I've made through role play that I'm still friends with it, it's crazy it's wild yes I I mean like my best friend and I like we say we made, we met through a writing group I'm using like quotations. Yes. Here, mm-hmm. A writing group. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we all know what that means. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, fun, fun fact. Yeah. yeah. I I wanted to ask because mm. we I feel like we haven't gotten to talk as as much as I've enjoyed what we've been talking about. I did want to talk at least a little bit about your journalistic exploits. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I we... mean, just just for the record, I have nothing planned today. <laughs> The rest oh, okay. of the day. So you have me for as long as you want me. Great. Um, I guess the first question is uh, that I wanted to know is how did the OGL scoop come about? Okay. Okay. Well, there's this thing called the Open Gaming License. So, so I think it first started in late 2022 when we started hearing news that NDAs had been signed mm-hmm. and we started hearing that like people had signed NDAs that it might've been about the OGL and D and D issued a statement in like early 
December, late November of, la- of that year, that's like the OGL is not going anywhere. Like this is common business practice. Everyone chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I that's... quickly interrupt? I wanted to, mm-hmm. how do you hear those rumblings? Like through what channels do you hear that? Cause I'm not, I've having not been in that world. I'm really curious. So a lot of it is just listening to it's cl- like social listening. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with that term. It's a marketing mm-hmm. term for just plugging into certain channels and getting like one feed and analyzing mm-hmm. things that are happening. Okay. So, so like multiple, multiple like different websites and social groups and like forums yes. and so, so forth. So it's basically I have a, a a bookmark page that I've curated that has like Reddit, like certain Reddit forums, um, certain RPG net forums mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh I'm in a couple Discord groups. I'm in a, a, like a couple Slack channels. Um, and oh, social listening is totally a marketing term, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, where do I know that from? Oh, yeah, it was part of my, it was a big part of my life. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so basically just like social listening. Um, and then also like I have a bunch of people that are sources that is, and so every now and then when I hear like, when I'm like, okay, something weird is going on, I sort of like reach out to a couple sources and I'm like, hey, like if you hear anything, let me know. I'm looking into this. I'm interested. I think something could be here. Um, so a lot of it is paying attention. And then like a much smaller portion of that is just kind of gut instinct that something mm. could be coming. Mm. So I, I put out like a couple feelers and then in January I received the leak and I read it and I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, and then I was able to report on it very quickly because my editor in chief at the time was David Ewalt, who wrote a book called Of Dice and Men all about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. So right. I was really lucky that my editor under my editor-in-chief like really understood what I had in my hands and was able to go to my deputy editor and just be like take Linda off everything this is all they're doing (laughs) and then um the reporting happened you know I was just uh it's partially that I had a good reputation and that people trusted me with sources and partially that I was in the right place at the right time and a little bit of luck, you know, mm. hard work and luck and, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah on the ground floor. Yeah. yeah. How, so d- when you say, did somebody send you the link direct or the, the leak directly or was it all through one of those channels? I will not be saying. I'm not okay. going to tell you that. So <laughs> all <Yeah>. right. <laughs> okay. Um, we then actually I- want the scoop in. That's what we brought you here for. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm so betrayed. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, all I'll tell you is that I got it. Yeah, and yeah. I guess other journalists either did not get it or did not get it in time to mm-hmm. be able to. Uh, what's the term? Beat you to the scoop? Is there a is there an actual <laughs> term for that? Is there an industry? No, no, no. I mean, like I under scoop. <laughs> you Outscooped. can. You can. Uh, I mean, just like beat beat to the scoop. Like just so you, if you are writing a story and someone else writes about it, you you got scooped. Okay. Mm, you know? Yeah. So you um, scooped everybody else. You scooped the industry. Uh, it depends on whether or not they were working on the same story I was. Mm. Oh. Yeah. It's, uh, there was like a very particular, a couple of years ago, do you remember when Mar- the Marvel VFX bullshit was happening? Where everyone mm. was talking about how bad it was to like be a VFX artist for Marvel. Yes. and yes. Yeah. So I started working that story and I was really, really close to publication and 
then Defector like published a piece and I was like, I got scooped mm. because they were able to like mm-hmm. get that SEO juice and get that, yeah. like that buzz. And of course I came, you know, a week and a half late to the party with Starbucks. <laughs> I was like, what are you guys? <laughs> see? Um, so, you know, it, it happens to everyone when you're like really working yeah. on a piece uh, because if, if other journalists are doing their job, which they always are, yeah, they're listening to the same things you are. Mm. I work with like uh, I'm I work with Dicebreaker and and I'm on the video side of things but like we're also like a connected team with the editorial side of things mm-hmm. and boy they be working hard like they are it's a it's a crack team down there yeah it is a crack team down there um yeah whenever you're ready to talk to me about like the secret journalism project oh god I mean yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's I mean, you just how introduced we, it and then made a face. How can we move away from that now? How can yeah. we move away from that? <laughs> please speak, please. Well, by the time this this episode comes out, it will be mm-hmm. March. And I will have officially co-founded and launched a new independent, reader-supported, worker-owned tabletop journalism outlet. Whoa. Oh my goodness, that's so exciting. I know. Congratulations. Thank you. The connection is that uh, Chase is also co-founding it with me. Oh my God. Oh, Oh, I love Chase. Uh, I'm (laughs) co-founding the outlet with Chase Carter and Rowan Zoli. Wow. Uh, I've got to say that sounds like that's just, I... Having I know Chase and 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 Lynn, all the stuff I've heard about you, I haven't uh, heard about uh, the other person who's going to be on your team, um, Rowan Zoli. She does Zoli. a lot of AP reporting, and she's pretty okay. new to the scene. But she did like okay. citizen journalism and investigations, and um, I needed someone who was a Gen Z, uh, nice. good at writing, yeah. and could do AP reporting. And Rowan also happens to be a wonderful human being and a very good writer. So I was like. Perfect. Perfect storm. Also uh, unemployed. Yeah, sounds so. good. Okay. Yeah. No. And, and now employed. So that's helpful. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This sounds very exciting. I'm. Yeah. Uh, do, is there a name, or do you know? Yes. Do you know what people? Oh, we are Rascal News. Hey! Oh my god, I'm so excited for you all. Yes. Ah, this is yes. amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you'll be able to find us on Rascal News. Oh Whoa. my god. Oh that's my it. gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm just going to vouch for like all of you right now, especially because like, you know, I've worked with Chase for a long time now. This is going to be, this is going to be big gang. You should check it out. You should check it out. Yeah. We are. And I mean, like we are so excited again, independent. The, the tagline is like alternative, independent roguelike. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Love that. Um, yeah. So we're really excited. We're going to be doing critique essays, mm-hmm. interviews, reviews, personal essays like the whole gamut we are literally starting with a starting with a budget of zero (laughs) so Mm -hmm. we literally have no money i just have like some savings so i'm using that to like get everything started and kicked Mm -hmm. off um which is unfortunately why we like can't hire any contributors um but hopefully in the future we'll be able to like get a fund fund together to Mm. make our uh writing a little less white frankly (laughs) to be to be perfectly you're aware you know is something at least all people are just like what (laughs) oh man it was like a it was a really like not to belabor the point, but it was like a huge concern for us that like we were mm. going to be starting anything in the role playing game sphere, and we were not going to be um, reflective of the space. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I reached out to a bunch of folks who were both journalists of color and white journalists. And I was like, do you know anyone who is in the tabletop role-playing game journalism space, who is a person of color, who is willing to give up whatever job they have to do this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they were like, no one is like, no one's reporting (laughs) on journalism. First of all, (laughs) no one has a job they're willing to give up. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, Um, that's true. Like if you find a, a, a cushy gig in that space, you're like, "Mm." yes, Exactly. So we are like putting it into like our articles of uh, operation, like our operation agreement Mm -hmm. that we are going to be like really dedicating space and time to keep ourselves accountable and make sure that like when we do, when we are able to hire journalists and contributors, we are making it equitable in some way or Mm. prioritizing marginalized voices. Um, Just and. Just yeah. because, like, you're starting off with zero, as you say, like you're still, like nothing, you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. if you even if you were to like, you know, like the the best thing you could do right now would be to hire to have contributors and just pay them an exposure, which is not what you want to do. So, like, yeah, yeah, I don't see any other alternative for it really, apart from you know, yeah, just seeing how things go. Yeah, yeah, that was one thing that we really. Um, we are not going to do that. We are going, yeah. if we hire someone, we're going to pay them like a fair market rate. Um, mm-hmm. And that's like, we can't compromise on that. The minute we compromise on that is the minute like we undermine the very like structure of this project yeah. that we're undertaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and we're also going to like be really, really aware of like how like uh, platforming voices of color and Mm-hmm. the communities um marginalized communities in ways that are again equitable and clear because it's just like if we are only covering white people we are doing something incredibly wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> we're yeah. fucking up yeah. <laughs> so yeah. mm-hmm. so there's ways to to make sure that we are not being uh bad stewards of the space or poor mm-hmm. stewards of the space so we're really aiming for that yeah. um and we're really excited like i yeah. I'm just so excited. Like some of the stuff that we're coming up with is wonderful. Like Rowan has gotten some incredible interviews lined up. Um, Chase is going to be doing, doing double time. He's going to be working for Dicebreaker and also like contributing non-contractual articles. Like he already doesn't sleep. Like what? what, (laughs) My goodness. Time travel. (laughs) He's going to start using time travel. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So we're really, really excited. Super cool. That's, I'm so hyped for that. I cannot wait to see um, what happens. Where can we like um, look out for you? I mean, obviously you'll have like the website, I assume, but. Yes. So again, in March, by by the time this comes out, it will be live. Um, Mm -hmm. We are going live on the 19th. We are doing a soft launch. We're doing like, Mm. yeah. Going live on the 19th, soft launch. We will be publishing one piece on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we'll like be ramping up to our mm-hmm. hard launch in mid March. We are going to be doing, we're going to like send out a press release and every, we're going to be nice. so live. We are going to be so mm-hmm. goddamn fucking official. So <laughs> official. Yeah. I have yeah. a little like email. Also, send any tips you have to lynn at rascal.news. Ooh, Ooh. Oh my God. That's like an official email and everything. I... Wow. <laughs> I'm just like high fiving a million angels. I'm like looking into right now, um, like 
putting together a Kickstarter for a project I'm, I'm working on. And like the, the part of my brain that like twigged when I was like, what kind of marketing can I do beforehand? I should put out like a press release or something. I was like, oh, what? Like, oh my God. Thinking it through. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So okay. we're, we're really excited. We're, we really want to like build something for ourselves. And mm-hmm. we think that not only is this something that the tabletop space is really hungry for, mm-hmm. but it, we are trying to help form a project that will like safeguard media in a way mm-hmm. that needs safeguarding right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there have been layoffs at mm-hmm. a yeah. dozen, a dozen newspapers. Where am I the, where the fuck am I supposed to get a job? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where? Yeah. And on yeah. video game companies as well. It seems like layoffs oh, have been yeah. sweeping multiple industries over the yeah. past couple of months. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been working more in like the video game space recently, like over the last few months, and it's 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 bad out there <laughs> for a lot of people. Yeah, and I mean, oh yeah, it's all out now. I'm it's public knowledge. Like even like uh, Read Pop, which is the company that like Dicebreaker is under, and like you have Eurogamer and um, uh, to a certain extent like outside Xbox, etc. Um, yeah, that's being sold at the moment. So it's it's kind of it's a bit of a wild west out there right now uh for the gaming the gaming space so yeah i'm really hoping this does well like Mm. yeah me too and i think that hopefully because we are going like subscription based and we are Mm. working within the tabletop space which is so kickstarter brained we're hoping it all works well together um Mm. but yeah we're really hoping that we can give something back to the community and they will respond um with money Mm -hmm. ah yes (laughs) Look, it's uh, we live in a capitalist society. We all know how it is, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So another another interesting thing about about Rascal, um mm. we live in a capitalist society, but we don't have to play by capitalist rules. Um mm-hmm. we are <laughs> we are a fully lateral company. Um mm. we're all the three of us are all co-owners. We are all fully taking charge. We joke in the Discord that we're all co-bosses. <laughs> so we call each other Kobos. Um, hey, Kobos. Hey, Kobos. Uh, yeah. Kobos, can you hear? Okay, on this. Um, Kobos, can you edit this? It's very good. Uh, we make all decisions on consensus. We are doing uh, any sort of financial decisions. We all have to agree on. Um, we are not necessarily going to. We are going to try and like pay ourselves a living wage. But we are also going to try and pay ourselves equitably and we will be like, if someone needs help, we will help. If someone like on staff needs help, we will help them. Mm -hmm. Um, Sort of like a socialist situation. Yes, exactly. We don't need to play by capitalist rules. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we are, we're really like working hard at the setup of all of this to make sure that we safeguard the values that we value and the morals mm-hmm. that we value and the ways in which we want to treat each other and mm-hmm. how we owe each other respect and mm-hmm. making it codified in a way where it's just like this is how we are running our business and we are not going to be compromising yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, so we're really really yeah. looking forward to at the very least trying to build something different Mm. absolutely uh, can i ask um like can you tell us more about like how, the kind of stories you're hoping to put out like you don't have to get into specifics or anything but like what 
like you've got actual play stuff going on, but also what other stuff? Yes. So we, so Rowan is doing a really great job at getting interviews with people from Dimension 20, Critical Role. Like she is just plugged in. She knows all the PR people. And I'm like, go forth, have a good time. (laughs) Not for me. (laughs) I don't don't know Jack from shit about APs. Oh, I take that Mm -hmm. back. I will, I will reveal to you because I think I'm so excited about this. Um, Austin Walker of Friends at the Table has agreed mm-hmm. to get the team together so I can do an oral history of Friends at the Table. Whoa. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. I'm getting all these like little juicy bits here, Jeremy, and I'm very excited about yeah. it. Like, yeah. <laughs> juicy That's nugs. Cool. Yes. This is a juicy it. episode. Mm, yes. It really is, honestly. <laughs> like it's so, sticky yeah. and, and slippery. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're doing we're doing Love stuff it. like that. We're like really digging into the culture. <laughs> I also like. Do you guys did you guys see on YouTube? They did a video like YouTube did that three minute video. Yeah. Abria like narrated it. I yeah. watched it and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. Tell me why. Tell me why. You can read about it on Rascal.News. Okay. Oh. It's okay. Like, Is it because I was only on there for like a little bit? I was like, I was like there in the corner. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know what? I should edit my piece and put that in. I was like, it should have actually had more live, Harrington. Yeah, I would yeah. really appreciate that. And yeah, I wasn't no, in it at all. I, no, that's also like they had they had Jasper right at the start, which was mm-hmm. great. We love that. Yes. And then I was like, oh, a little me, and I was like, where where's the Jeremy? At least a little bit of a minuscule Jeremy, like you know, going up. At least a dab. I, At least you don't have a Jeremy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I watched that like three or four times and there were like a couple things that like really offended me deeply as like a critic and a lover of the hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not begrudge anyone for being on that or getting their yeah. bag or like being a part of, you know, a YouTube advertising scheme. YouTube is going to YouTube. Yep. Um, it is solely about the fact that YouTube has not only acted like D&D is the only game oh gosh yeah so there was that was part of it and then there was a part Mm -hmm. where this is this is a hobby that is fundamentally iterative and Mm -hmm. fundamentally about playing games with friends Mm -hmm. yeah and there was none of that it was all Mm -hmm. that that ad was about consumption Mm -hmm. yeah and that ad basically said you can make a lifestyle choice to be a tabletop enthusiast and hobbyist via mm. pure consumption mm. yeah not actually it. taking part in it yourself yeah you're so right that does <gasps> i think i think that is unfortunately a pitfall of as soon as you turn a camera on and mm. film your game and release it i think that is an inevitable pitfall because there's I'm, i don't know what percentage for example of critical role fans have actually mm. played dungeons and dragons but there's a significant percentage that haven't. And, and they just like watching the show. And you know so what? they just like in, in consuming the content. Mm, so totally. The, and part of the only reason we've heard of the show is because a bunch of people who never played D&D liked watching mm. these people tell stories and yes. may, may, may never play D&D. And that's totally fine. Genuinely, yeah. I don't think that there's anything wrong with being a fan or being in fandoms. I just think for for the purposes of this ad which will go out to millions of people this is saying the only way to experience this game like Mm. this hobby Mm -hmm. is by consumption 
right. rather yeah. than the way that the hobby really works, which is iteration and which is creativity mm-hmm. and which is like building on what other people have already done. And that's what like fandom is about. Fandom is about yeah. seeing something, liking it, talking to other people and like building out that conversation into this really wonderful part of the hobby. And I don't think that, I think that critical role fans, even at, like no matter what they have or haven't played at their table are part of the tabletop hobby. And I like, I'm yeah. not gatekeeping them whatsoever. I'm happy no. they're here. I just don't think that YouTube did the hobby justice and I hate it. Right. Mm. right. It'd be I like, mean, it'd be like okay. showing an advertisement for the game of football and not hmm. showing anyone actually playing football for fun at home and only exclusively hmm. like not just advertise, like sure. If you're advertising FIFA or whatever. Okay. Yeah. But if you're advertising the game, then it's weird to only advertise the professionals because Mm. there's millions upon millions of of people playing football for fun, not getting paid Mm -hmm. for it. And that's kind of the lifeblood of the sport in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And like um, the part I mentioned where like myself and, and Maddie uh, from Dice Breaker, we were um, in there for a little bit uh, and we were playing story breakers, which is our D and D show. However, Dice Breaker, we champion all RPGs, <laughs> like as many yeah. as we can get our little mitts on, but yeah. none of that was mentioned in there, you know? Like, <laughs> and that's the thing, like so many of the people that were featured, ex- with the exception of Dimension 20, which basically exclusively does D&D, except that one kids on bikes season. Mm, yeah. Um, all of those shows, most of those shows do games other than D&D, but the only show that was featured was D&D. And even when you like look at the pack shots of like the table, the D starter kits right on the fucking table yeah and there mm-hmm. is no other game that gets featured and the only mm-hmm. time you can even see the logo of any other game is like one look at like the chaosium dragon for a call of cthulhu mm. game mm. yeah so anyway i wrote 1500 words about how much i hated it <laughs> <laughs> excellent i cannot so. wait to read about that like genuinely that's actually such a, a good thing to like focus in on because i think i was so blinded by the fact that i was like oh my god it me that i didn't actually critically look at it <laughs> and i think that like you know whatever it happens i think that there's so much about this hobby and so much about what we are doing even like me being here where it's just like mm-hmm. there's something really validating about getting attention there's something really validating about, like, oh, yeah. you know, a producer emailing me. It's like, Linda, I'd love for you to be on Three Black Halflings. And I'd be like, yes, mm-hmm. I would love to be on Three Black Halflings. <laughs> yeah, mind if I do? Yeah. Don't mind. So I think that there's just, there is such an intention economy, a desire for recognition. Mm-hmm. And it's really been embedded into us over the past, like, two or three decades. That I think that mm-hmm. a lot of us, me included, absolutely, like, 100%, get blinded when we get attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely like had my struggle with that when I suddenly realized like, oh no, I'm popular on Twitter. <laughs> what do? <laughs> what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the process of that like, by the way, getting popular on Twitter? Because it wasn't, was it mainly Terrifying. off of the OGL situation? I that will launched you say such prominence? Entirely. Entirely. Yeah. In like, a very I, short amount of time too. In, like, two, three weeks, like, I think I had, like, maybe 5,000 people following me on Twitter before the OGL, and now I'm at, like, 25,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, a lot it's, of people. Okay. It was wild. Uh, it was just, like, really, really abs- – and, of course, like, that number has gone up and now because, like, X is crazy. But, like, it's pretty yeah. stayed pretty steady around, like, 25,000. Um, and, yeah, just wild. I really didn't quite – 
it took me like, I think three or four months before I really understood that like when I said something, other people were paying attention to it. And I'm just like, mm, oh, interesting. Okay. Mm. We'll have to be like more careful, more specific. Mm. Um, it's that kind of, it's that tweet, right? Where it's just like, I was talking about waffles. <laughs> yep. And yeah. you're talking and you're like complaining about pancakes. So there were definitely like some some growing pains for sure. Uh, I think I've gotten better, but I've definitely like set some like rules for myself. It's like if I am, if I'm like talking about something that I disagree with, I go vague or I go really, really, I, I generally go vague unless yeah. it's like a big target like Rolling Stone. I can diss Rolling Stone. They're fine. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll they'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. in general, I try not to go after um, unsuspecting targets, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, like, I'll fully admit Ben Riggs put out that, like, giant thread about how, like, the Golden Age of Tabletop is oh, yeah. done. And I'm like, okay, he posted this whole thing. I can make fun of him a little bit. <laughs> I'm <Just> allowed. <laughs> because <That's laughs> There's there is a point where it's just like okay, are you just trying to post on your own, or are you posting for attention and sort mm-hmm. of determining like okay, Ben Riggs like really wanted to get this information out here. He had an opinion, and I think that opinion is dumb, and I'm gonna say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're allowed to put your opinion out there, it's gonna be judged. Like, yeah, this and is I how think things work. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that for a lot of it, if someone's just like posting to post and like posting to vent mm-hmm. and posting to be. Uh, cathartic that's not something I typically would touch because that's just like that's that's them I don't like if they are being emotional or like angry or if they are uh, posting in a way that I find like I disagree with I'm just like not touching it I'm like that's you know some people are allowed to post yeah Mm -hmm. And I imagine also their proximity to the industry would play a role in that as well. It's Mm. different if it's just some rando saying like, well, I I particularly think this and it happens to get big. But if a person is actually involved in some way, then their Mm. word carries. Then in in a sense, you're then talking to another person who's closer to your level as opposed to picking on uh, some some much smaller creator who is say yeah and accidentally sicking people on them and that sort of thing yeah you can't punch up you should at least punch level you know (laughs) and i try i know that i'm like really snarky online and i like have a bit of a bite on twitter because it's kind of fun to be mean (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) it's a little bit fun but i try not to be mean in a way that like actively harms people and Mm -hmm. i know that i've um not been successful at that in the past and I try to be like much more careful about it now that I have too many followers. Uh mm. but yeah, it's definitely something that I like am very aware of. Mm. I so, think yeah. and this uh, Lynn, I don't think we asked about this in advance. So if you don't want us to talk about this, that's absolutely fine. But was one of the examples when you tweeted out about um last year about the uh was it the summit and how that there was essentially an attention economy and you made it pretty clear in your post that you were not trying to be critical of the people who were celebrating going but for whatever well because of the fervor that had had already risen up about (laughs) D &D, uh, and wizards of the coast a lot of those people ended up getting a lot of hate as a result yeah 
So I will fully admit that those two, I think I posted two threads and they were inelegant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Inelegant (laughs) is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, I stand by the the thesis of those threads, uh, and I totally agree with you that like the way I worded it was not great. I will also fully admit, and I couldn't say this at the time, but I was literally at a bar working on the Wormwood piece when I tweeted those off. Mm-hmm. So right. I was like in a, in a booth, mm. dr- drinking sake, writing this piece that was like very, very serious, like, you know, yeah. uh, mm. Like a, just a heavy a very, topic, very, yeah, a uh, heavy topic. Oh, and also cartoonishly ridiculous. That video, that what is happening? Right. So, so just for context, like that's where I was when I like threw out those tweets, and I was just like, I was so annoyed. I thought that I was like working on this piece that was like really important, and people were like so excited about getting mm. attention from Daddy D and D, and I'm just like. <laughs> fuck you guys like Mm -hmm. can't you see how this is you're just being manipulated and they were (laughs) everyone Mm -hmm. was manipulated and I was just like and so I started getting all that heat and I was like I'm muting like people can say whatever they want to say I'm not a part of it that's Mm -hmm. you know they are entitled to all of those opinions etc etc so yes like absolutely that was a moment where I was like ugh fuck i need to be more careful i need to be more aware um but yeah that was definitely i think like the moment that i realized like ugh, people pay attention to me now yeah it's It's a weird thing because like you kind of you become accustomed to like how to handle like certain situations in your life as you like grow up just generally but like no, it's a it's not ever it's not an everyday thing if you all of a sudden are like you go viral on like a platform and like nobody tells you how you should handle that you know mm-hmm. yeah. no yeah. yeah and i i didn't see people uh get blowback from that i know that some some of it happened and i like fully like i'm so sorry and it was one of those things where in retrospect like if i had known that what i had said was going to incite actual harassment I would not have said it or I would have said it like a more I would have like been more uh specific about it I would have given myself like a better venue than Twitter while I was at a bar drinking sake (laughs) like writing about like OSHA Mm. violations right I was yeah so there's like no excuse for the fact that it hurt people Mm. like genuinely Mm. I'm not proud of that whatsoever talking to yeah. us about it like you know it's 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 just good to hear your side about it you know mm. yeah i mean uh i know that a lot of people are mad at me and are going to stay mad at me and that's totally fair they're allowed bummed but <sighs> yeah i think i do want to say i uh, i think that the, those who went to the event did do a very good job of trying to stand yes. up against the yeah. yes. the uh, the I guess the PR spin because they were really trying. Oh gosh, they yeah. were like you. I think the, <clears throat> the the folks in charge over there were trying to play them. I think that the employees who yes. make the game were not. I think the employees right. who no. were there trying to help facilitate the event did not at all want to play anybody. Uh, they just wanted yeah. to play D&D and help everybody have a good time. <laughs> and the people yeah. who were visiting, I think, did a very good job, uh, especially shout out to friend of the show, Connie Chong, who came onto the show, yeah. actually <clears> to talk about uh, their experiences there. Uh, yes. th- I think they did a very good job of saying, no, mm-hmm. uh, we're actually going yeah, to excellent. address the real issues here. Yes, mm. I think... 
I think that everyone who went there uh, went there with very earnest intentions. I, I don't think that anyone was going there like specifically like this will raise my platform. But I'm just <laughs> like, you know, that that's like what's going to happen. Like when you mm. are a figure and any member of an authority figure that you are like reporting on or talking about notices you mm. like this is an, an, an inevitable thing that happens. This is just what happens. It's not anyone's fault. It's not because anyone is like trying to play the game right. This is just the game that we are in. Yeah. 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 Like, like it, it feels like the whole reason that you had the influence is because you were trying to do your job. But as part mm-hmm. of that, your names on the article, people then are like, oh, they're mm-hmm. a, they're a wow. paragon of, uh, you know, such and such and such. And, such. and you mm-hmm. have now not really intentionally necessarily been put in onto a pedestal of people now being like, wow, mm-hmm. they're the authority sure. on this, that and the other. Right. And I, I totally just did not make that connection until like that big blow up happened. And I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Gotta mute that thread and let people <laughs> let people wear themselves out. Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, it was yeah. fresh for you that you you like, yeah, like not making that connection absolutely makes sense because you were just like, I'm still tweeting to like my 5,000 people who are kind of know a little yeah. bit maybe. Yeah, and yeah. who are mostly there for my like interview with the vampire content. Like, yeah, nice. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. no, I totally agree with you. Um, all the reports that I heard of the event were just like people really tried to make the best of it and it was just not built for that. Yeah. It was not built to be what people wanted it to be. Yeah. yeah. And like it's oh god, it has been a little while, but I mean like I I was like not there physically, but mm-hmm. like like I was given like a an online like pass or whatever. Yeah. Um it was just a surreal experience. I think all <laughs> of us were just kind of there like, wow, yeah. what is what is happening? Wait, this is just like a normal little event where they're showcasing D D stuff this is weird isn't it and like everyone like in the chat like just like i was watching the chat too GD. yeah and just like oh jeremy you were there too yeah we yeah. were all just like oh, yeah, what I, I didn't zoom, i didn't actually watch any of it i just watched the chat yeah. uh because yeah. i i forget i think it was on i think it was on rp geeks or something when that was happening uh sure, so sure. i couldn't yeah. do it but i was like i would yeah. glance at the chat afterwards and was like oh dang it was, it was just like oh go ahead then no i mean it was one of those things where i was like i'm not gonna say anything about this but i was fucking right <laughs> I'm just like I'm so sorry to everyone I made mad but like mm-hmm. I was right about the fact that like D&D is not going to take this the way that you guys are taking it and you are tying yourselves to a company that does not fundamentally care about what you guys have to say mm-hmm. oh god yeah. yeah like it was it was blatant like I, I would say damage damage control but there wasn't even any damage control it was just them being like, look at all these fun yeah, shiny we're just moving things on we now. have. Goodbye. We're just going to distract you with these fun shiny things. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Like keys to a toddler. Like it was- And that's <laughs> yeah. that was like my big point is like they were giving you guys access. Mm-hmm. And they hoped that by feeling special and by feeling, you know, mm-hmm. oh, they deigned to notice me. Yeah. yeah Maybe sure. I'm doing something right. Feeling which, validated. Like, feeling mm-hmm. validated. And genuinely, like everyone who got invited has been doing really good work in the space. And I'm not trying to take away from that at all. All I'm pointing mm. to is the fact that a corporation is trying to yeah, oh, yeah. Exploit, exploit people, exploit people oh, by like trying to just say like, oh no, come into our little area to mm. have fun with us. Do you like us now? Please tell us you like us. Please like me, like me, please yeah. for the love of God, <laughs> like us again. Yeah, uh, yeah. what if, it was absolutely calculated, hundred percent. I'm curious Sorry, what you think because. I, when we, I think we were the first ones and we were either the first ones or the second ones, but I think we may have been the first ones to actually post our video of interviewing Kyle Brink 
uh, after all the fallout of that. And I remember reading some of the responses on other websites and some people, uh, one person in particular seemed real upset that we had done the interview at all because Ooh. they were like, D and D is just using them to try and get their word out there. Uh, and I Bad was like, take. that's a, I mean, I don't think it really worked uh, very well. I'll be honest, no. based on the response no. and comments on that video, uh, I don't think no. it worked real well. But uh, it was I'm such a strange, like, the response was from a certain demographic of people, <laughs> which normally <laughs> would not entertain us at all. Uh, it, was, it was bizarre. It was a bizarre time. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, oh. Lynn, what, what do you think about that move? Was it? Do you think that that was a similar thing or do you think it was more... That was actually just straight up damage control. This HeadGum podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I mean, I think it was both straight-up damage control. I, th I mean, like, there was a reason that Kyle Brink went to non-traditional members of the press. Mm -hmm. So I consider a lot of podcasts like, yeah, you guys are in media, you guys are working, you're citizen journalists, like this is like, mm -hmm. we are very similar in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So he went to non-traditional press, right? Yeah, precisely because he was like, well, these are the influencers. This mm -hmm. is our community. And I'm just like, bitch, I'm right the fuck here. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also yeah. we're not trained journalists uh who don't necessarily we would we would have a harder time knowing what exactly to say or what exactly mm-hmm. to expect from an interview mm-hmm. like this because most of our interviews are just conversational fun times happy happy g- right. uh etc etc et yeah i think that that's an interesting point to make i think that there there are parts of it that are correct and parts of it that are like you guys might also have an advantage over me because maybe he's not as guarded with you guys as he would be with me maybe he like he has been trained to like this is what you say to traditional press this is not what you like maybe he hasn't done media training where he's like okay well you can't say this to anyone doesn't matter like where you are so you guys have advantages in certain ways and then um i have advantages in certain ways and that's just you know the way that things work um i do know for like for like your edification i have gone through investigative training (laughs) i have been trained on like how to interview interview people and how to you know manage those Mm. relationships in a way that like is beneficial to me the journalist Mm. but just because certain things and like yeah it's like a dance yeah yeah but just because i have that like little bit of knowledge doesn't mean that you guys aren't also like completely capable of having like really (laughs) insightful interviews that like give that can do that investigative work. Like, I think Mm. that like it can happen from anyone. I mean, I think particularly for that interview as well, uh, and correct me if if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but like we really took the time to like say, okay, what should we be asking? You know, we were like consulting each other and we were like, you know, did we, I'm not sure if we put the word out to like- Yeah, we did. uh, We put it out on Patreon and the Discord to say uh, what questions people would like to hear. Yeah, which is um, also why you should follow, uh, join our Discord and follow us on Patreon. But also, uh, apart from that, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> capitalism, go to capitalism. Uh, but like, yeah, no, um, it, it was something that we really, you know, we were like, okay, we've got to do a good job on this and like not expecting it at all to like blow up. We just happened to be the first people to like put it out there. And like yeah. the video quality wasn't good. We just shoved, I just shoved it up there on YouTube and then that happened. But yeah, it was, it wasn't something we took lightly at all. So yeah. And I don't think I don't think anyone did. Like I, um, yeah. I saw the sort of preparations that other other people, like other YouTubers, other other influencers, other podcasters were taking. Yeah. Um, I think everyone sort of understood that, like this was an inflection point for not only Dungeons and Dragons, but for their own content and livelihoods in yeah. a lot of cases. And no one was really taking that lightly. Um, yeah. Was I annoyed that I didn't get an interview? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. What are some of the Do things I, you would have asked had you been given an interview? Oh, fuck. It's, back, but... it's just dropped entirely out of my brain. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> um, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. I really, I can't answer. I It's mm-hmm. out of my head. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have Sorry. to move a, little, a bunch of stuff from last year out of the head, your head so you can focus on this year and Rascal. So like, yeah. Yeah. Rascal. I, I wanted Rascal. to ask about Rascal. <laughs> what was the impetus? Like, what was the inspiration? Uh, I got laid off. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I figured. But I'm not going to ask anyway. Simple. We love that. You got laid off and then looked at the industry and was like, oh, it's on fire. You were fully Mm. Troy Barnes uh, walking back into the room. Not Troy Barnes, excuse me. Um, Oh, no, Troy Barnes, not Troy Bolton. I got them mixed up in my head. No, there's Troy Barnes and Troy Bolton. (laughs) Troy Bolton, of course, being High School Musical. Troy Barnes being community. Troy Bolton walks into the golf course and Troy Barnes walks into the You had You sang I Know Who I Am. On the golf course, and then walked into the room with your walked into the apartment with your friends and saw everything on fire, uh, yes. and then recognized like, oh, well, I should get a new apartment. I should, then. I should just buy, build my own house. 
<laughs> yeah, that's more or less exactly what happened is uh, <laughs> yeah. I was laid off and it was an, a, a huge surprise to not only me, but like to my, you know, my editor and my editor in chief. No one mm. knew it was happening. They didn't have any control over it. They were as shocked as I was, mm-hmm. which is in insane yeah. that like you wouldn't even ask like my managing like my yeah. my manager like how I'm doing no mm. so just did it they it was just not about me it was not about me it was not about my work it was not about my the quality no. of the work that I had done um mm. it was I was just a spread on number on a spreadsheet mm. Mm. was it like a certain like rank of of, of like people they were laying off to like or just nope hmm. kind of just huh. all over um like just the whole jezebel staff got axed hmm. so it's basically like snowpiercer where they're like precisely such and such percent of you will die and that's it yeah yeah it's not yeah. about who it's okay. just a bunch of you need to die yeah um, it really it as far as i know there was nothing really uniting us except a lot of us were on the bargaining committee for the union and there were a significant number of people of color and those of marginalized genders, but who's to say? Wow. That's so wild. Who's to say? So basically I got laid off and I was like, oh fuck journalism's on fire. Um, But at least I have severance. Mm -hmm. So we love that. Yes, thank goodness. Um, unlike my colleagues at the Rascal, which or at God, my colleagues at the Messenger, which mm-hmm. have nothing, and I, I feel mm. so horrible for them. Yeah. Imagine what I could do with fifty million dollars. Imagine, <sighs> Lord, Bitch. I know. You could give me like you know like a couple quid, like a pound oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Just like as a treat. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if That's I have fifty million dollars, I would start. A, an outlet and i would like be like hey three black halflings do you want to like be a part of our outlet uh we'd be like yeah sure oh my yeah God. absolutely we'd yeah. love that yeah <laughs> please <absolutely. laughs> you don't have to ask us twice yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah so i was laid off i was like really sad about it and someone mm-hmm. came up to me and was just like if i gave you seventy thousand dollars would you just do what you do on your own and i'm like that's super generous i'm really grateful but no i cannot accept that money because it would not solve any problems it would just solve my problems for a year, yeah, which doesn't help very many people except for me. <laughs> and yeah. that's just not the way that I like to operate. And that's mm. not the way I like to, you know, live. I like to build communities. I like to have yeah. support. I like to find ways in which uh, things can be spread out over a lot of different people. Mm. So, yeah, basically... That's mm-hmm. how it came about. And I was like, well, if I can't do it by myself, who do I, who can I rope into it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who will join me? I love that. But yeah, like it makes me think of like, it must be quite like lonely for, because I, I would only ever want to like be a part of like a group, like a collective of people, like in terms of like making content like this, mm-hmm. like, you know, like I'm in a three person like video production group with Dicebreaker and we're obviously three black halflings uh like just it feels kind of hollow if you're if you're doing it just by yourself you know like personally for me I mean if you if you do that and you love it great but like um yeah like I imagine like a lot of people who have like become very successful but they've done it just like off their own backs and, and alone that must feel kind of isolating maybe I don't know yeah 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 uh I know that like being a I tried to like make it as a freelance journalist and it was just like so sad <laughs> like mm. oh 
this is not really very fun. It's not very fulfilling. Um, I like working in groups. I like brainstorming. I like bouncing stuff off each other. And yeah, I think that that kind of idea is just like one of the reasons that we wanted to found the three of us, Rowan, Chase, and I wanted to found Rascal is we wanted to create a space that showed the community that journalism is a way into the tabletop space. You Mm. don't just have to be a podcaster or an influencer or an actual play performer or a game designer you can be a critic you can be a critic you can like look at things and say i love this because of x and i think it fails because of y or you can look at a youtube video and be like this fucking sucks and i hate every part of it (laughs) which you did oh my goodness (laughs) so we just yeah we just really wanted to to sort of rascal is in part a project in sustainability for journalism in the tabletop space. And mm-hmm. it will really live and die on whether or not the community wants that to be a part of the tabletop space. Well, you know, our community is, well, hopefully listening to this. And I think, you know, if, if, they all left. Yeah, yeah I was like, a gang, come on, I see you. Um, but yeah, I think at the very least, just go, you know, check Rascal out, you know, yeah. uh, think about subscribing, I would say. And like, you, you know, just, just, Keep it on your radar and then maybe, you know, check out social media to do with Rascal as well. And then that way the, the articles will be given to you. I presume, Lynn. I'm assuming a lot of things about your platform, but still. <laughs> yes. So we're gonna we're gonna like have a paywall for the journalism. Mm-hmm. It will be uh, the lowest subscription is five dollars a month. Mm-hmm. But you get access to every single article. Mm-hmm. Well, there you are. There, yeah. There you have. yeah. And yeah, at twelve dollars, every article and you can comment. Oh, okay. And that's where you start to critique everyone. You just be like, oh my God, I think this is well or not. It's going to be great. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have the the specific subscription tier benefits in front of me, Mm. but if you get to $50 a month, you also get like something, something special. I think it's... I think you get like if we ever produce merch, we'll send it to you. <laughs> Fun, <laughs> something like you that. Get like a DM to get or a GM game once per month. <laughs> one of our yeah, oh, well, one of the uh, one of the benefits of being fifty dollars is like we'll recommend you a game once a year. Like oh, one that's of us. Cool. Um, we're I I want to do a subscription drive like later in the year, and this is like purely mm. hypothetical. Nobody hold me to this. Nobody okay. hold me accountable to this. Um where we offer GM'd games based on the level that you donate Ooh. at any given time. So like, it would be like, oh, okay, you donated like $15. I'll run a Monster of the Week game for you because I would run a Monster of the Week game for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that game. That so awesome. it's like levels like that where it's like $15. I love this game. Absolutely happy to do it. And then like 50 bucks, it's like Blaze in the Dark. I love Blaze in the Dark, a little more intense, but I can yeah. do it. And then it's like a hundred dollars. I'm like, okay, okay, we're gonna run something really intense. Let's mm-hmm. do something like, Lancer. I don't know, Lance. Oh fuck, Lancer's unplayable. Yes, let's play <laughs> Lancer. <laughs> like for you, I will fuck around and I will play Lancer with you. I'll and then fuck around and I'll find out. And for you. like five hundred dollars, of like, I'll play D and D with you. <laughs> I suppose I'll play D and D. Like Lynn Cadega will DM D and D game for you if you can. I mean, fired. honestly. <laughs> yeah like look it's a mainstream tax okay like uh <laughs> <laughs> this is just like the irony i think is really funny the wizard is um, always the, the the villain is always a mysterious seaside mage 
uh, of all mm. of those campaigns. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. They live right by the seaside. Yes. <laughs> yes. Along, uh, yes. Along the shoreline. Exactly. Yes. yes. So, um, yeah, we're playing around with, with stuff. Nobody hold me to that. Please. Sounds, I, mean, I mean, this sounds really cool. And also, it if you need it, cool. if you, if you, I don't, I don't know if you're, if the DMing thing or the GMing thing is something that you're hiring people for, but if you need a GM, let me know. Uh, <gasps> I would love to. Yes. That sounds like a lot of Yes, fun. Jeremy, shoot your yeah. shot. Do it. Yeah. What yeah. A, yeah, I mean, we are we are going to be open to. I think that what we're going to do is we're going to be open to trades. Um, mm-hmm. Again, we live in a capitalist society, but we don't have to yeah. play by capitalist rules. Mm-hmm. So we are going to find ways to like make trades happen and make make mm-hmm. like all we can offer is subscriptions. Yeah, but you know, hopefully, someone will. We will be able to like find something that works for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big things that we want to do is we want to hit up companies and say, will you purchase a fellowship? And oh, the idea gosh. here, mm-hmm. the idea here is that we go to the the companies that have like money budget to spend and we will be like mm-hmm. four or $5,000. Mm-hmm. You can found a Paizo fellowship. Ooh, and what okay. this will do is we will like rascal will take a thousand dollars and then we will set aside $4,000 for a marginalized journalist. We will hire a marginalized journalist, oh. give them $4,000 and be like, what do you want to write for us? Oh, that's Ooh. so fun. I and that. wow. yeah, whether that's like one really, really long piece or whether that's like a couple mm. interviews or whether that's like, oh, here's like six deep dives into games. And we're like, perfect. Here is your money. We will yeah. take this. You are the Paizo fellow. Paizo will have like no say in mm. what you write about. But we we just like take that like little thousand dollars to like help keep Rascal's lights on. Mm. Um, but yeah. we really give as much as we can in order to like mentor people, edit people, give people as much support as possible. And really, again, mm. part of the Rascal ethos is to like help support journalism in the space and help like teach people how to be journalists and how to like pursue stories and pursue Amazing. critique. So hopefully yeah, so we can sucker some big companies into being fellows. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's got to be done. So if you're interested in journalism, also check out Rascal because obviously it's going to be a hub of, of interesting stuff. <gasps> I hope so. We're trying, yeah. we're going to try really hard. <laughs> yeah. You're going to do, you're going to smash it and nail it. It's going to be great. Lynn, yeah. I was going to say earlier, your, your intense hatred for that YouTube video reminds me of, uh, of the time. Okay. So the, uh, the BBC, I think there was like, <laughs> I think it was like tw- uh-huh. 12 years ago. This is maybe 12 what years ago, thir- 12 or 11 <laughs> years ago, released a really popular video of a bunch of different artists singing God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Each of them were singing different sections of it. And it was like an yeah. advertisement, I think, for the BBC. I think it was for the BBC. It might have okay. been like Radio One or something. But I think it was an okay. English company. And I, I, Is this an imagined situation? <laughs> no, no, nowhere near as bad as okay. that. It was, they got like Pharrell and a bunch of other like major artists okay. to sing just different lines of the song God Only Knows. Uh, I remember it went really viral viral at the time and sure. i am an irrationally large beach boys fan i really 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 oh, like yeah the you beach do boys. yeah and yeah. i got so angry at that i was like it feels like this video just uses one of the best pieces of music of its era and completely ignores all of the sincerity and all of the the qualities that that made the song <laughs> great to begin with and are just <laughs> using it and leveraging it and throwing a bunch of famous people on it in a bunch of disparate musical styles it completely ruins it disrespects the masterpiece like i had a whole i made a long facebook post about it uh <laughs> and right after that 
a friend of mine like just shared the video and was like, I thought this was really good. <laughs> wow, like such a, a friend of mine showed this to me. But yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad, but at the time I was really upset about it. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of like a certain like a scenario where I've kind of kicked off. I, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I don't think this is this is all at all related because I still haven't seen it yet. But uh, there's a new Mean Girls film. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, and uh, just I just heard that the the the, the music itself does isn't a patch on the actual musical that came out on Broadway. That's a thing. I, I they, look, it's I'm not just, a, it's I, not an adaptation of the of the musical, the Broadway musical. It's a, it's an adaptation of the Broadway musical, but it's mm-hmm. it's uh, from what I've heard and literally heard for the songs. Uh, it's, oh. it, uh, it's it, it it's they've just done worse. it in a way. Yeah, I won't. Yeah, like they've taken creative liberties. Let's, let's say, and I <laughs> I'm just saying and and vicious. and, and uh, vicious. I don't know. They've you don't taken know, um, creative liberties. They, take, they yeah. have. They really have. And I'm just like maybe I'll do a halfling soapbox about it when I actually uh, like watch the film because I might be like oh, I liked it actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I've heard they made they've made Janice actually gay, so I will oh, okay. I will stand with that. So yeah, we do love that. Hell yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. I I, uh, I have one last mm-hmm. irrational. Well, actually, I have a number of irrational things, but I'm only going to say one <laughs> of, of when I got really angry at a piece mm-hmm. of media, which is when uh-huh. uh, the ending of Wicked. <laughs> I watched Wicked. I watched Wicked yes. on the West End, and I actually yes. really liked most of it, especially the beginning. Uh-huh. I actually think the beginning writes a check that the rest of the musical doesn't cash because like, the whole beginning of that. The, first of all, musically sounds nothing like the rest of the show. Uh, the no one mourns the wicked. Like it doesn't sound like anything like the rest of the show. Uh, it, and it sounds like what I'm hearing is like, oh, what you're saying, what what they set us up for is, hey, this is one of the most famous villains in Western fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most famous and iconic villains. And we're mm-hmm. and not only that, we're bump, we're upping the the ante on this and saying she's a full blown tyrant and terrorist. This is a post 9-11 musical released oh, yeah. in New York, like debuting in New York, yeah. that is about mm-hmm. this protagonist mm-hmm. is a terrorist. And like the whole point is to be like uh the whole it's supposed to be a tragedy. It sets itself up as a mm-hmm. tragedy. That the, mm. we have set her up, we're saying she's the worst villain ever, and then the rest of it is showing, actually, uh, this is all a spin uh, done by the Wizards PR people, uh, mm. and, you know, these all these uh, patriotic munchkinlanders and whatnot uh, were blinded to the fact that, in fact, she was fighting for their rights, and that there was all this yeah, oppression going on, and blah, 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 blah. She's going to die. Yeah. You've seen the film. And, what? Yeah. and the whole point of it is that it's supposed Spoilers. to be tragic. And then I was like, wow. Like, I got to the end, and I went, wow, that's really profound. I actually, like, I look, I feel like they kind of lost their way in the middle there, but I, I think that really worked. Okay, cool. And then yeah. she just pops back up on stage with the scarecrow <laughs> and i i was so angry <laughs> i so love that though i love it i i can't handle a sad ending i can't handle that tragedy like i if i go to if i wanted to see les mis i'd go see les mis you know i'm here for like <laughs> <laughs> this has know? a happy ending though it's just uh, you just a lot of sadness to get there all i remember is jean valjean like falling off of, into a, like a river no or something. that's that's, that's uh, javert javert does that Javert, yeah, but jean javert, valjean yeah, yeah. i think dies after saving marius and ensuring that his daughter cosette's gonna have a happy life not dies. Well, yeah, but he dies after having <laughs> led like a very full life. Yeah. He outlived his major rival. <laughs> he pulled himself out of his station. He ensured his daughter's going to have a good future. Uh, Why yeah. have we had our musical chat? <laughs> Sorry, Lynn. Yes. Yeah, Lynn, do you have anything to say about it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what, bitches? No. <laughs> not, a, not a big musical person. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> all right. Well, Lynn, we, we always end these interviews. <laughs> we always end. Oh, these. you know what? You know what didn't stick the landing just like Wicked? It's this interview because we were just a completely isolated Lynn, right? <laughs> Honestly, I wrongfully assumed that you would be into musicals. And I have to it's, apologize. It's because we started off talking about Glee RPG forums. Yeah, yeah. that'll do it. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, no, have a, I don't think this is a hot take. I think it's just a take. I think Glee did a really good job with the pop covers. I think their rock covers were an embarrassment. Uh, but mm, oh yeah. they, mostly, mostly. We don't have time to get into this, Jeremy. But True. I will say, say that there are some... There are some bangers in Glee, and I will die on that. Dream on hill. Is great. Some... I'll give you that. Dream on is is great. Uh, they did like a fucking um, oh. Don't you love me? Is really good. Smooth criminal. The smooth criminal cover. I haven't heard that one, so I can't comment. Oh, it's 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 good. I really like oh, it. It's, okay. They use cellos. Sorry. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> sorry, Lynn. Uh, uh, <laughs> run off on a series of diversions that uh, unfortunately you are unable to follow us on. <laughs> Uh, I'm happy to just be be here. No. Yes. Just happy to be here. This is what We've happens. got a question to ask. When you're the one you. white boy with the three black athletes. This, <laughs> yes. This true. is your you just be talking sometimes. about musicals. And, yeah. And also, a bunch of um, us, are, all of us are trained actors. I think Jasper and I actually went to drama school and Liv was in all kinds of theater and stuff in college. So I was go- I was going to oh. go to, to drama school, but then I got scared. My drama teacher was like, don't do it. And I was like, fine, I'll go to English. So I got scared off. But I think that's the big difference. I was the jock in high school. Oh, oh my God. You were a jock. Oh. I was a swimmer and I oh, also nice. did sailing. Whoa. Ooh, my high school wow. had a sailing team. We were, uh, yeah. don't ask me how, we didn't afford, we could not afford boats. So we got everyone, everyone else in our division, we got their hand me downs. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But did you beat I them mean, anyway? We did, yeah. yeah. I was very nice, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, good I mean, the I, I just love the idea of being so bougie, like bougie enough that you want to have a sailing club, but not bougie enough to actually have the boats ready, you know, like, yeah. that's fun. <laughs> we, I mean, like, we really just made it work. It was all of us. We just loved sailing. And, you know, nice. we grew up on a river. We, we were really close to Virginia Beach. And hmm. um, I grew up sailing as a kid because a uh, mother in the Navy, father's a boat designer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My father made my first boat. We made it together. Oh, wow. oh that's so cute. That's really cool. Oh, that's something that I would have loved to do. I as know. A kid. Woodworking oh, wow. and like your dad's shop and like figuring yeah. everything out. So cool. yeah, grew up yeah. sailing. Um, the sailing team was okay. Mm-hmm. Gave people a run yeah. for their money every now and then. All right. Okay. Uh, and uh, used the hand me downs. Yeah. Gotta gotta use what you gotta use. Yeah. Here's a yeah. here's a fun oh, musical fun. fact that is relevant. Uh, <laughs> Brian May, his iconic guitar that he played with the band Queen, uh, noted astrophysicist Brian May, the lead guitarist for Queen, uh, sure. built okay. his own guitar, the guitar, the Red Special that he played throughout Queen's career with his dad when he was a kid. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice. That I sweet. thought you were going to like start talking about like Wicked again and just completely no. just like shoving uh, they have back nothing out to the do. They have nothing to do with, uh, <laughs> I don't think we never touched Wicked. <laughs> Jeremy, no, don't do that. <laughs> no. Lynn, can you give us a tale from the table, please? Uh, I'm just going to, yeah. I'm not going to try and transition. I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, tale from the table, a, a story yeah. of your, you playing TTRPGs uh, that could be funny, mm-hmm. triumphant, uh, sad, uh, joyful, um, tragic, I don't know, uh, exciting, <laughs> scary, uh, mm. a, a strong emotion that was uh, yeah. a strong and memorable experience for you. Hmm. Oh man, wow. 
I'm sure that everyone has a an example of this immediately and doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about Oh no, you are wrong. No. You are incorrect. No. no. It, we put all of our guests on the spot and it's really uncomfy. It's not well it's always uh, <laughs> it's always I think in the I think it's always in like the little blurb that they get sent, but everybody is just like right. I focused on the mate the meat of the interview and forgot about the tail mm. part. So Yeah, yeah. just so yeah. caught up in rascal. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And wicked of course. We're all, we're all there. <laughs> And wicked tangentially. Uh, gosh, good question. What's a good role playing game? You could I be mean, from a in an art, a role playing forum if you want. I'm I'm okay with that. It I could mean, be. I, and have you? You've also written on and and made games, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I've written a couple games, a few oh. games, won an award. Yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> it was on our list of things to talk about but then we got carried away we got, so <laughs> we got lost in the rascal sauce it's fine it's yeah. true um <laughs> what's a really fun one rascal sauce well, sounds like something they'd use on hot ones i can mm. let me think so the, the last game i played was dialect but that was like a very like serious mm. like considerate game mm-hmm. um I played. I mean, Blades that's interesting to hear about if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, I can. Don't normally I can, get those stories. Sure, sure, sure. So I played dialect with my friends. Um, it was we got so eepy, so we only lasted until oh. the second age. <laughs> can you describe yeah. what dialect is uh, for us yes. and also the audience? Sure. So dialect is a game about language and how it dies. That's the official tagline. Oh, that's great. Basically, you are playing as an isolated community that has, by design or by choice been kept apart from a lot of other communities for again whatever reason um we played the Dacha, which are they translated as horse people inspired by like tinkers ramblers uh roma people nomad stepland stepland nomad people and what happens is we figure out the aspects of our community that are important to us so for this community we were like the book and the book is a list of all of the names of people in the community. Mm. And we chose the paths we follow as something that was important. And then the last one that we chose was, if you ask, we will fix it. So we developed this really, really intricate community of people that were not really liked by anyone when they were like traveling from place to place, but mm. were really well known. Like if you go to these these people and we call them the skine if you go to the skine and you humble yourself and you're just like i need help please help me the skine Mm -hmm. will help you and they will fix things and they don't break things it's like a key part of it so we come up with this whole language of like okay if someone's asking for help they're a molly and if you failed and if you like get a if you agree to help them you are giving you are attack you've been giving attack right and if you fail attack right, you have incurred a sundown. So it's just like we developed this whole language around how this community operated. And then another part of dialect is you move forward in time. So you go from the, the one age to the second age to the third age. And so as you move, the aspects change. So what is important to people evolves over time. Mm. So... And then you like keep developing language and you push the language forward and you take mm. words that you had previously used and you make new meanings out of them. 
So it's this very like deep introspective game about yeah what matters to the community and like why it matters. But it was just pretty cool. It was wonderful. It was a really really beautiful game. Um, I had a great time. I played someone who was like the the protector, um, Mm -hmm. just sort of like my classic big beefy boy with a heart of gold, Mm -hmm. which is like Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, everyone has like two or three character archetypes they go for. One of mine is. Big beefy boy with a heart of gold. Mine is my one of my favorites is posh little shit bitch lady. Uh, <laughs> That's good. I don't think I've that met this archetype good. yet, Liv. I can't wait to. You see haven't. It. She she'll come up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So it was just really yeah. wonderful developing the story and my character, who had this like on again off again romance with another character, and then this one character who is the the jester archetype accidentally got f- fatherhood. He got baby trapped by someone. It was just really funny. Oh, wow. And it happened twice. It was just like. (laughs) Okay, the second time. I mean, like. The second time it was like actually his kid. The first time it was like someone was like, please take my child to this other town. And he was like, fuck, like I have to accept Mm -hmm. this. Like, fine. And then we ended up not going to that town. Oh, no. So you just had to, you just had the kid. Oops. So Peck Peck was his name. Peck Peck just had this kid and then he we went to like another town and we went to a party and he like a lady that he had had fun with like last time this party Mm -hmm. happened showed up with like this kid with like bright red hair i was just like hi like hi (laughs) wearing a jester hat i know (laughs) (laughs) look at your baby um so yeah it was really fun and we had a yeah it it just worked out really really well that sounds really cool i love that it was like very good Yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of times people think they have to have like something for, for their tale from the table that's like really funny or really like bizarre or something like that. But just just hearing about people's experiences and playing different games is really, really rewarding. So thank you. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's I think it's like we're just such a such a good game. So insightful and really like makes you think about what is lost when language is lost. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, like a, a huge amount culture mm. literally ways of thinking about the world colors mm. in some cases yeah mm. yeah and the fallibility of translation and the idea that mm. there's like no direct you can't really directly translate anything mm-hmm. and it all has to be this sort of art of interpretation yeah which, mm. yeah it's just a really beautiful game yeah, it's fascinating yeah yeah very cool. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, this yeah, has been a blast. Thank you. Like, really good time. <laughs> you might have noticed that this is like a slightly longer interview, Gam. We just had a really good time and we didn't want to. <laughs> sorry, so, uh, Yeah. No, it's no, do good. not be sorry. No, we're having a great time. Yes. It's been wonderful. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, we're very Thanks, excited. Guys. We were very excited to hear about Rascal and everything else you have to talk about. Mm. Um, Lynn, please, where can the people find you and with the things that you are working on? <gasps> Well, uh, I'm working on Rascal News, and you can find me on rascal.news. You can email me, lynn, at rascal.news. Or you can find me on uh, the site formerly known as Twitter, um, at Lynn Codega, L-I-N-C-O-D-E-G-A. Send me tips. Send me stories. If you got something cool you want to talk about, email me. It's what it's there for. And if you have, you know, the next OGL scoop, uh, my inbox is open. (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> if, if, for example, you were a podcast and you were planning a new AP series, would that be another uh, outlet to go to and say, hey, we're planning this. Could you please talk okay. about it and also talk to us about it? If you find it interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of our goals is to have, 
one of our goals is to have like an announcement section where we are able to literally put up press releases and just have this like one blog feed that is entirely here is news that is not necessarily journalism, Mm. but still deserves to be discovered. Mm. So our goal is to, is to find a way to like make that happen and make that part of the site public Mm. and then just paywall the stuff that like the journalism. Cool. Fingers, sense, yeah. fingers crossed we can make it happen. It it might be too much work, but like we we really want to try. Yeah. Well, we are rooting for you over here. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait to see what you Thanks. do. Great. But oh, yeah, yeah, send us send us a press release anyway, because basically mm-hmm. if we read it, we're just like, oh, actually this ties into something or like this is really interesting and I want to like get uh review copies or I want to like interview you guys. We will be discussing literally everything in our cute little Rascal News Discord, which is just like the three of us. It's just the three of us. Sorry, guys. Private Discord. Um, But we throw (laughs) everything in there and we'll be able to discuss the stuff that like we think we will be able to cover. So please, if if you have just like general news, your game is launching, you need to find designers. You're trying to like send out, you're trying to get like new performers. You're trying to like get people to submit Mm. to an awards show. Mm. We are going to try and... uh, accumulate all of that into nice. one section okay there are a bunch of things out of the, that list that we do do so that, that is that's very fun yeah and i'm sure a lot of people out there do as well and i have maybe a press release i might have to send you at some point who would who might who would know i don't know um who live where can people yeah. find you online well, you can find me over on Twitter mostly, but then also on pretty much every other social platform. Um, I'm at Does Dark Magic, and if it's not that, it'll be at Olivia Does Dark Magic. Uh, so enjoy that. Um, yeah, you should uh, go check out our website. We have a website. It is threeblackhalflings.com. I uh, got some cool stuff on there, stuff I need to update. There might be some stuff on there that is like, hmm, that's not correct. I am aware. I need to sort it out. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, you should also go to Dicebreaker, youtube.com forward slash Dicebreaker and check out all the fun stuff there. And also there's a web- a Dicebreaker website, which Chase Carter, yeah. who's going to be working on Rascal, also works on. Ooh, wonderful, ooh. wonderful human being. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, also um, you should head on over to our Patreon because we do live in a capitalist society um, and we need your help. So <laughs> yeah, um, uh, patreon.com forward slash three black halflings. That's number three black halflings. And we've got a bunch of cool stuff, like some some like pods that we like record by ourselves. Sometimes with like, I record them with my partner um, and we just talk about things that we really enjoy. And then a bunch of updates and ad free episodes. And it's, it's real fun. It's real cool. And like we mentioned, we went to Patreon for like questions about the OGL stuff. Mm-hmm. We like when we got like something going on, we go to Patreon first, yeah. you know? So so that yeah. yeah. We also went to Patreon to help vote on what AP series we're gonna do. <gasps> yeah, yeah, exactly. And one of them yeah. specifically won in a landslide. I don't know if I'll say which one, yeah. but one of the one of those possible settings uh won in a landslide. Maybe you should go to yeah. Patreon to find yeah. out. Wow. Yeah. Um <laughs> Thank you, Lynn. <laughs> yeah. And uh let's see, do we have anything else? I guess I should plug I mean where where can people find you? Yeah, Jeremy? I should where plug myself you? as well. Yes, uh like you can yourself. find me on Twitter at JeremyCod1. This cob two B is the number one that's also on uh uh Blue Sky. And Instagram, I'm at the Cobmeister. Um, and also I, I I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash casual quest live, 
where I stream myself mm. playing games mostly for the first time because I am in fact a casual and not much of a gamer. Uh, but <laughs> I'm joined by my friend. Strong enough to admit it. Yes, I'm joined <laughs> by my friend uh, Tay, who is very much a gamer and, and is introducing oh. me to many games, uh, classic and current. Uh, so we've been streaming a lot of Baldur's Gate 3. We finished, nice. um, we just finished Fallout New Vegas, uh, which I, I never mm. even played a Fallout game before. So that was really cool. Um, uh, we did Deus Ex Human Revolution. We've been doing Lethal Company recently. And oh, yeah. by the time this is out, we will have started my one game I actually have played. My favorite game ever, Disco Elysium. We're going to be doing a yeah. playthrough. Play through that. <laughs> yeah. You can finally see Jeremy play the game that Jeremy is. That I won't shut up about. Like, you won't shut up about yeah. it. And we love that for yeah. you. Yeah. Liv, have you, or, no, not Liv. Lynn, have you ever played Disco Elysium? <laughs> No, I am likewise a filthy casual. Darn. I was hoping I'm, one of these days I'll get a guest on here who has also played it and will also say, yeah, Jeremy is right to not shut up about this game. It's very, very good. I mean, good. you can, I, I, Wheels played it. I'll, I'll put you in touch. <laughs> <laughs> I know Wheels, Wheels has played yeah. it. Wheels from Dicebreaker, who's who I'm talking there about. There we go. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. All right. Well, <laughs> with that, I think we've run out of things to say. Uh, I think so. <laughs> follow. Oh, did we say to follow Three Black Halflings on Twitter and other social media? Oh, yeah. No, you should follow Three Black Halflings on social media stuff. Uh, yeah. Google Three, three Black Halflings and follow the first five links. <laughs> Just do that. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Or look in the description. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... That was a HeadGum Podcast.